regression years pass by in a second he says look at my influence expand i got everything i want certainly i must have on i got the world in the palm of my hands run, run, run. got up and got things done my way pat on the back yeah done 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 got up and got things done my way Every direction, I got everything in reach. I'm guessing I'm the best picture, perfect version of perfection, the obsession that everybody needs. Yeah, all is great, and no disdain, and so much fun while getting paid. People that listen with my super thickly fitted, I'm a legend. Mm. All for the taking, I'm a star in the making, I'm a legend. Go ahead, Taylor. You can kill that. You can kill it. You can kill it earlier, Taylor, because I said start at where you where you stopped it, but it's okay. No problem. I'm glad I give you these fucking cliff notes in the beginning. Hey, Taylor. I'm sorry. It's the one time I fucked up the intro. It's okay. No. Well, I wouldn't go there. I th- the intro? Or maybe an outro. Yeah, maybe because I forget what the outro is. Outro. I, I, I won't deny that. Everyone's ba- everyone's back. We're all getting along. Uh, Angry Algorithms podcast, episode 62, President and Prime Minister. Tonight we're we're back. We're back with the white Jimmy Rollins. Um, but <laughs> I'm prefacing it as the white Jimmy Rollins because I do have to say this. Um, last time I just put it up, uh, Jimmy Rollins and... Uh, some people wait to listen and then they just see the titles and they'll text me like right after, like once it goes public or whatever. And one of my guys was like, damn, they they thought we had the Philly legend on. Damn, y'all making big moves up there in Philly. Bro, got fucking Jimmy Rollins on. Oh (laughs) shit. No, it's like, yup. That's all I said. I didn't fucking, I didn't. Yeah. So uh, with that said, um, uh, Jimbo, can you hear us? I can. What's going on, guys? What up? So, so, should I introduce you with your with your newest accolades, the uh, GLVC uh, Conference Coach of the Year? Hmm. That's hard. You can do whatever you want, man. It's not my podcast. It's yours. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so before we get into the nationals thing, you uh, obviously I just mentioned that you were a conference coach of the year for Lyndon. Obviously, Lindenwood. Anybody that didn't tune in last time, you're the head coach for uh, Lindenwood University, which is a college in St. Charles, Missouri, which is just outside of St. Louis. Um, yep. And last week you were at nationals. The previous uh, two, or two weeks before that, you were at the regional tournament. Um. And you should have been, there should have been the conference champion. There was some, there was some controversy. We won the conference title. Uh, this was for the uh, regional championship. And this was uh, the last day in February was this event. Okay. And so the, con- uh, the, was, the controversy, there was a little controversy around the scoring, right? Yeah, there's there's a bit of that. Um, you know, we're in a region that, you know, it, it's funny to say, guys. You know, you got Division One's kind of all about, you know, rankings and RPIs and everything else when it goes across stuff. When NCAA gets to Division Two, uh, they're all about regionalization. Um, so what that kind of means is if you're in, you know, a region like ours where we happen to have the the number we were ranked number two, I believe four and five in the country, uh, all in the same region. There's six regions. You would think that you kind of spread that out a little bit, but, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate and cursed all at the same time to be able to go through a gauntlet like we have to go through. Uh, but yeah, we got to beat the hell out of each other to get to the dance. And in our sport at this level, uh, there's only a limited number of qualifying spots. So, um, you know, we were, we were there, we were, we were given, um, a, uh, scoring plan from the NCAA's director of championships. Um, we're under the understanding of that is going to be the scoring throughout the event. Everybody who's running the event, everybody involved is under that interpretation and, uh, you know, come to find out with about two matches left in the event, the, the scoring is different. 
Right. Um, so, so real quick, real quick, let me step in. So for people yeah. that aren't totally familiar with how the scoring process works, it's so you have your individuals going to these regional or conference or uh, national tournaments and they wrestle individually, but they also how based on how they do in those individual matches, you're also given team points as well. Yeah, the, to not get too crazy with it, uh, to bore bore your listeners, um, you know, you get advancement points or if you're on the front side, you know, continuing to win. Right. Uh, you get half the advancement points on the back. Uh, majors, techs, pins all get bonus points for your team. Uh, and obviously, uh, placement points are all scored differently. Right. So uh, an accumulation of all that is how you build your your team totals towards national champions in the two or three day event. You know, it, it's not a build up throughout the year. Um, it is literally getting everybody to the dance and having those guys perform on a two to three day cycle there to, to claim a national championship. Oh, everyone. Justin is here, by the way. He's sit, he's sitting right next to me. I didn't want anybody to think we were doing um, just me and Jimmy again. He is he is here. He <laughs> I'm he, tuned in, man. I'm tuned, listening. He's, he's rocking out. So so basically, the NCAA gives I mean, he's you, just getting ready to talk about his wrestling background, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, coming. Yeah, so I used to be pinning motherfuckers. Yeah, doing stunners and rock bottoms and all that shit. Man. <laughs> you know, whatever it is to get the job done, right? Hey. So. Basically, the NCAA gives uh, sets out the the scoring uh, parameters or whatever. They send it, they send it out. Yeah. There's a, everyone agrees to it, and then um, basically what it came down to was um, as for my understanding was um, a true second place. So basically, like in in the wrestling world, if you lose, right, you have to go into the, the losers back bracket and you can wrestle back. Right. And then in some right. cases, there's a true second place. So if you lose in the finals, what, you got to wrestle the third place guy or the loser of the yeah, wrestle back? So if, you, so if you're a second place finisher in a bracket and you did not compete against the third place finisher, um, then that person has the ability to challenge you for a true second placement. Okay. Um, you know, in, in every year, and what it was explained to us is those placement matches do not count towards team points, just qualification. Supposedly there was a rule change on page 44 section article sub C. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which is fine. You know, if there's a rule change in, and, um, and that's the rules that, that that's what the rules are. But, um, you know, going into event, um, the NCAA has control over everything. So they're the ones who you're, you're relying on to give you the right information. So again, every region, every every individual or every coach, you know, was under the interpretation of this same scoring system because that's what the NCAA told us. So, um, you know, long story short, you know, uh, by the scoring standards that were set forth by the NCAA, we win by two, uh, by what was uh, interpreted. What, and, what ha- uh, yeah, but what actually, what actually happened is you ended up losing by a point. We ended up losing by a point, which which changes things. You know, a lot of people don't like to think that, you know, coaching wrestling is just what your guys place is what they place. But, you know, you're, you can really risk kids qualifying spots to chase team championships to go for bonus points. Um, you know, again, the, the individuals we're fortunate enough to have in our program, you know, we may ask them to go and do something maybe a little outside of their comfort zone to claim that because uh, they know how important that is. Everybody wants to chase team championships. We're not in this just to, to be a part of it. We're here to take control. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that was frustrating. You know, we, again, you know, it's still a battle I'm, I'm fighting a bit, but, um, you know, it's no disrespect to the, the program that we, uh, we competed against for that championship. You know, they're tremendously well coached. Well, well, I mean, just a stud program. Man. They've won numerous NCAA titles, you know, it's not, it's not against any individual or coach or, or programs. It's the NCAA has got to, to understand what the heck they're doing, you know, and, and get their crap together. And I think we see that across a lot of things with the NCAA. Uh, you know, you look at women's basketball uh, national championships and what they're dealing with, with what is it, dumbbells and yoga mats. And then you look at the men's basketball <laughs> championship and they got a you know, weight facility that's to, to go to the nines. I mean, they gave one wreck. Yeah, they got one, one rack. Yeah. You know? um, we, we can't we can't claim equal participation and then sit there and do things like that. Sure. 
So the reason I led there, I was, you know, I guess. Way to get me fired up, you used to start it. Well, I guess I thought it would make a better segue into I think that I think that having I guess we'll call it adversity, having to deal with that and then going into nationals, which, by the way, was uh, in your backyard. It was in St. Louis. Yeah, I think that was I think that was a huge motivator. And like I mentioned last week, you took so on the heels of that, you took um, I, and I fucked up last week, and I was like, hey, it took five guys. And Justin was like, the burgers? And I was like, what? I just said five guys, didn't I? <laughs> so Jimmy took five, wrestlers, <laughs> took five wrestlers to the national tournament, which was, like I said, was in St. Louis, in y'all's backyard. Yep. And uh, f- all five guys, all five wrestlers, we're not doing that again, all five wrestlers took all-American status. You put four, yep. f- four in the semis. Two in the two in the uh, two yeah. in the finals and and one champ and one champ. What a year! Like yeah. literally, and that's what a year. Literally a year, because I know that we talked about it last year. You you guys were literally like three hundred and sixty four or five days previous, literally warming up in the arena at nationals, and they pulled the COVID plug and said nope. Hmm. Right? Yeah, man, we. We got to a point where this year we had wild cards after a regional and this vote happens and we're expecting a couple other guys to go. So, yeah, we're going in with, you know, pretty big chip on our shoulder and, and our NCAA champion, Abner Romero, um, brings it up to me the day before. And I'm, I'm so tunnel visioned at this point that I'm not registering, you know, dates and times of where we're at and trying to prepare my guys. And he's like, coach, remember 365 days ago today, the rug was pulled out from underneath us and we're here again. And it was just one of those things that as a coach, you know, you got a little bit of chills like, man, he's, he's been waiting for this. These guys have been waiting for it. And, uh, you know, you're dealing with all the other riffraff, um, and everything else that is to, to compete, uh, during COVID episode 57 uh, you know, riffraff, by the way, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're, you're good buddy. But, um, you forget that these kids minds, you know, they still haven't let go of that. Yeah. You know, these kids that had it taken from them, they, they, they still haven't, you know, deal with that, that demon, that animal, you know, at times, you know, we've talked about it. We've, we've discussed it. You know, we, we've seen you address it, but, no matter who you are, you know, if that was taken from any athlete last year, whether it be a senior or a freshman, whatever they may be, um, that's still lurking in their mind that, man, I can be this close and it can be taken again. Yeah. Um, so to be able to stand on the floor that morning after doing COVID tests and, and everything else that was involved, to be able to say, we're, we're going to start in one hour. Um, that, that was big, man. It, it kind of gave me chills hearing it out of, uh, you know, one of our leaders and, and, um, you know, just, just realizing the, where we had to go and what everything they've had to do, uh, to be able to accomplish it. The fucking process was nuts, right? For it, like testing all the bullshit. Oh. Nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, I don't want to call it bullshit. It, it, I understand, it, it, like, I understand you got to, you know, as, as a coach and shit like that. And as a university, you have to protect your guys and all that shit. But I mean, it, you know, I'm sure it wasn't, I mean, easy. I'm sure it wasn't it's, easy. It's real as hell, man. Yeah. It's real as hell. You know, it, it's, it's a real thing. My mom just got out of the hospital from it. Still on an oxygen tank today. Yeah. Um, she actually went in the day one of the NCAA tournament, you know, and, and my family is great and my wife's great and everything, but nobody wanted to tell me because we had uh, things to deal with there and, and come to find out my mom's in a hospital for a week. Happy belated, um, bur- happy know, belated, belated birthday to your mom too. What didn't she have one the other day? Yeah. Yeah. Happy belated she birthday did. to your mom. Yeah. And, and also Justin, cause I've, I'll be honest. I fucked up. I dropped the ball. I forgot to text him. <laughs> I forgot to text him. Happy birthday the other day. I did. I fucked up. Uh, and I even, and I, yeah, I, I, dude, I even went back and like listened to last year's episode. So I didn't fuck it up. And I'm all week. I was like, don't forget to send, don't forget to send the text. Don't forget to send the text. And then. I I had it written out at like twelve oh one, and I was like, man, I'll sound like a real bitch if I fucking t- <laughs> text him at twelve oh one, like, hey, boo boo, yeah. happy birthday. So I didn't, and then I forgot the next day, and then I I, f- I felt terrible. So I'll address that on the air. But yeah, I mean, now nah, the shit's real. But so having, yeah, so like, what was the process like? Jumping through fucking hoops and everything, all kind of other shit. I bet, right? 
Yeah, so um, it depends on what division you're in, but, um, you know, Big Ten's got a crazy stringent, I think it's a a six-day-a-week testing protocol. Um, You know, so, yeah, so, like, our our ice hockey teams, when they go and compete against some schools, you know, at the Division One level, you know, they're they're having to bring testing kits you know, with them to make sure that they're they're testing, uh, you know, literally pretty much every day. Um, we were fortunate enough to be one of the unique schools that had opportunities this year, so we were able to compete against Iowa State. Yeah. Um, you know, and our conference schedule had us testing every week, uh, but in the Big Twelve, we had to test three times that week to be able to compete against Iowa State. Um, going into the the regionals in the NCAAs, man, testing just got, I mean, it was a lot. Um, you know, you're, we were dealing with testing about six times, uh, eight days. And, um, you know, I had to do so many tests and a PCR test, uh, 48 hours before you arrived on site. And then before you could even practice in facilities and this counted for the regional and the NCAA championships, um, you had to test, had two negative tests on site before you could even practice. Jesus. You know, Billy, I, I know you wrestled, you know, and you understand the importance of having to get your weight cuts in and everything else. Um, so planning and working out, you know, in your home gym early in the morning, then getting on bus rides for, you know, eight and a half, nine hours sometimes to to get somewhere just to kind of quarantine until you get through two tests and then you can go see a facility. You know, it's difficult, man. And then on top of that, you know, you got to get up at, you know, potentially, you know, 5.30 in the morning uh, to go get a 6 a.m. test to not even wrestle until noon. Mm. Um, just make sure you're cleared to be able to compete that day. That's you crazy. Know, I, I watch kids. I would literally watch one kid at the NCAAs have three um, um, tests that came up inconclusive in a row. So he was in the facility for over an hour. Um just trying to get a test to get cleared and again to think i gotta make weight at some point today you um yeah we were really we were really close to having to push back the start time of weigh-ins just to get one of the teams through the testing now while you guys were out there you didn't run into any of those um like the test that they had in china where they i think they had to swab your asshole. You didn't have to do any of them, right? Good thing, good thing. Good going on here, giving they giving out oil checks out there. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking dipstick. No, we, we we did all nasal swaps. Okay, all right, cool. All right, no oh, anal, thank God. no anal so swaps. Not, no, none of those. No. Right, cool. Oh, thank no, goodness. It was just, yeah, I mean, but every worker, every official, every single person that's around has to get that done every day. My Damn. dad came out from Jersey. He was vaccinated and still had to get tested Damn. every day. Oh, uh, I was at a I was at a fucking tournament a couple of weeks ago, right? And like you walk in, there's a wrestling a, tournament. No, at a, at a, a hockey function, and there's I a figure that. so there's like a vestibule or whatever, and then there's like a like an office or whatever, and there's a like a lady like sitting behind the you know like toll booth kind of style or whatever there's a glass window or whatever and I, the guy a guy walks in i think he's a ref maybe or something right and the lady's like excuse me sir you got to put a mask on he's like i'm vaccinated she said i don't give a shit put the motherfucker on <laughs> i don't give a shit <laughs> i'm vaccinated yeah, he said she said i don't give a shit but dealing with motherfuckers all day she said <laughs> oh man i was dying <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. So you, you, they see he still had to go through it, even though even though you're vaccinated, even though you show your papers. Yeah, mm. yeah, got his uh, vaccination card on him, everything else. I mean, it is it's more stringent with any NCAA event. You know, I think with uh, men's basketball and stuff, they're trying to do these bubbles and all that, which yeah. is astonishing to me how kids can get schoolwork done. And obviously, these kids are in a different element than they were when I was in school because. You can do a lot more of this remotely now, but I mean, it's got to affect kids' education when they're got to stay in hotels for a month. I know it sounds terrible. Yeah, fucking poor kids. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big change, and you know, it's it's a lot of money to do that from the NCAA as well. I mean, the part that gets me you know, is like they, they don't even have continental breakfast now. So, like, this is like they're seriously. Oh, yeah. And imagine if so, no continental breakfast, and imagine if there's poor Wi-Fi. These kids, oh my god. Mm. That's why the crime rate's up. 
<laughs> Continental breakfast is fucking terrible, though, to be honest with you, right? Like, have you ever had one that you enjoyed? You're like, you know what? Yeah, I'll be honest, man. The fucking breakfast was great. Like, them fucking bullshit waffle makers. Right? <laughs> I mean, they are. Right. Well, you know, they, they are right. a little not, bit better hotel. Not, yeah, yeah. They not, it depends on where you at. Right. Man. You go into Motel 6, man, they're they going to have some fucked up shit. They're not leaving the light on for you. Yeah, nah. They'll leave nah. the light on, but they're not leaving the griddle. Nah, <laughs> nah the griddle fucked up. I've seen Bill, a cl- Billy likes those, he likes those red roof hiddens, you know, so. Yeah. Pretty um, much over there, but. They, um. Oh, what the fuck was I going to say? Fucking cracking the red roof in. Pro- definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking probably, definitely, for sure. Um. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask. So, one of your kids, local kid, Ron from Paulsburg, down the road from us. That's a suburb yep. of suburb of Philadelphia. Ron Gentile. Did I say that right? Yeah, you know, it Close enough. Know what he wants to go by. Yeah, yeah it's it's Gentile, but uh, you know, sometimes he likes to have it pronounced a couple different ways. Sure. Uh, sort of like redemption story. So he went out. He was yeah. had a stellar. Above more than above average high school career, went out with you for his, uh, went to Rutgers, got injured, uh, then went yep. transferred, was out with you for his part of his freshman year, and then yeah, Ronnie uh, then came back yeah. home, basically right. came back home, had to kind of uh, we'll call it, we'll say find himself, yeah, um, and then uh, came back out. And he was one of the kids that put in the, um, was in the finals this year. Got him to buy back in. Put in that work. Put in the work. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Justin's got it hitting the nail on the head right there is putting in the work. Ronnie was, Ronnie, I believe, coming out of high school was the number two recruit in the country. Damn. Um, at his weight class. Yeah. I mean, he was you now a multiple-time Jersey State finalist, multiple-time Fargo All-American. Uh, high school training with, you know, out of Arizona State with the, you know Brent Metcalf and guys like that who at the time were the the pinnacle of our sport. Um, you know, went to Rutgers was he's a Jersey boy was staying home in Jersey to wrestle for Scott Goodell and and be a part of that 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 great program they got going on over there and um, you know he dealt with some injuries and um, Ronnie wanted to come home. So, uh, you know, he only lasted a semester at uh, Rutgers. And then, um, you know, obviously my dad is uh, talking to me every day, talking to me what's going on with the Gloucester County kids and um, said, Ronnie's home. And, um, you know, I went back home at one point, flew home and was able to sit down with him in his, his kitchen and talk to him about, you know, starting something new and coming out to Missouri and, and getting away from Jersey, you know, kind of, um, kind of what I did when I, I left Jersey to go out to school in Nebraska and just make your own life and, um, and everything else. And I think he, he, he listened to me, but he didn't hear me at that time would yeah. be probably a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um, and he came out and he had, a, he had a good freshman year, uh, for us. Uh, but you know, some of the same mistakes that were lingering with him and, uh, bad decisions just, just weren't totally stopping to happen. And, um, you know, so we ended up parting ways, uh, you know, the the first semester next year and said, you know, this ain't working out. Um, we're going to move on. Um, and about three years later, I didn't speak to Ronnie and other guys on the team be talking to him. I avoided it. Um, I, to say I was pissed would be an understatement. <laughs> and he just called me and we talked it out a little bit. I'll break your neck. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, the big thing was, was getting the other coaches on board and I made Ronnie talk to them. And, um, you know, one of my assistant coaches wrestled for probably the, 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 the biggest dynasty in all of college wrestling at Oklahoma state. And actually had lost to Ronnie in high school. Um, they were the same age and, um, he was like, hell yeah, that guy kicked my ass. Let's bring him back. And, uh, my other assistant coach Dallas, you know, uh, Billy, yeah. By the he, way, um, by the way, you're you're not the best coach in the country, but Dallas is the best assistant coach in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely give him that reign, man. He's he's awesome. I'm fortunate to to be blessed with some great great coaches to work yeah. around that make me look better than I really am. For sure. But um, you know, Ron, Ronnie called him, and 
you know, Ronnie had to sell him on the vision of what Ronnie was going to be for us. And um, Dallas called me afterwards, said, I'm on board. And uh, Ronnie moved out and started living with one of the guys on the team and his, his parents and, you know, kind of found another family out here as well to, to do everything. Now Ronnie stays here all the time. You know, he stays here Christmas time. He's, he's staying here all summer and, you know, he just put in the time and dedicated himself after three year layoff and to go through that and make the NCAA finals. I mean, hell, I, I don't know many people that can one put their body through that and be, well enough prepared to, to go through that type of gauntlet, uh, especially after a three-year layoff. So um, it, it was pretty pretty fun to watch what he did. Yeah, sure. I love it. I love I love when, when kids rebound like that. That's literally, like I, I put in my notes, that's literally me, but you touched on it too. That His story's not unlike yours. You know what I mean? Yeah. It reminded me of that, um, this show I watch on Netflix called uh, Last Chance You. Yeah. It's about... Yeah. Um, uh, Juco, like a junior college, yeah. and they uh, first couple seasons it was football, but then this season they did basketball. We had one of the football players uh, come to Lindenwood, Justin. To be honest with you. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. He, he came over here, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But you know that that was it. You know, but the the thing was is when Ronnie came back here, we had a team around him that and a support system that was unlike when he was a freshman where a lot of the guys that, you know, that was my first year as the head coach. So a lot of that group was all, all youngsters, you know, they were all freshmen and, and Ronnie was kind of the, the, the focal point, I would say probably in that with the most credential guy. And now he's coming in and he's got, you know, a ton of upperclassmen who are, are superbly credentialed as well. And it was, I think a lot easier to buy in where the, all the focus wasn't on him. Get you your know, fucking face off the keyboard. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said, "Get your fucking face off the keyboard." <laughs> yeah, he had he he just had to mature, man. He he went from being yeah, he was he was the man, and you know he was probably he probably had a, a bunch of people on his dick, and uh, he was living off of being a man. That fish pond, and that then, fish pond got you know what I mean. Then got he bigger. got then he got to the next level, and shit was real. Like you ain't the man no more. Like right. you a regular dude, and uh, that shit probably fucked him yeah, up, man. It's a different level of commitment, right? You know, when you're at one level, there's there's certain things you might be able to get away with, and then yeah. when you get to a new level, there's got to be a new level of commitment and the understanding to start from the bottom. Yeah, you um, got to put that real and, work in, man. He probably he probably yeah. A lot of high school kids who's who's like freakishly nice like that, like some some of them, they just go off a of raw ability, and then the other yeah. ones they got raw ability, but they put that work in too because it don't come as natural right. to them like other kids do. So 100%. that's probably, that's probably what it was to him. Like he was just a natural and the shit was easy to oh, him. He was. And I'd say that's a good description of the way he wrestled uh, for us straight out the gate was just, man, he is, he's talented. Yeah. That's, and, that's uh, literally what we said. Uh, yeah. It's literally, literally what we said the other day, like when we were talking about yeah. it. Yeah, now and now, man. but then you know why he was out of school. Real life was like it was real. He was like, man, <laughs> let me see if I can Shit. go back to you school. You know what? It was kind of <laughs> sweet. I could just, it's fucked up out here. You know what I mean? Sitting on a computer in the dorm all day He's and like, fucking, man, I ain't trying to work at Walmart. You know what I mean? Shit. Shit. Hey, let me go back and yeah, pin yeah, some that. motherfuckers, yeah. man. <laughs> he went out and got himself a welding certification. So. Okay. Uh, I can I can well picked up a trade. Ben, ben, he got the yeah, ben he picked up a trade. <laughs> you know, so this summer he's got a, a job as a apprentice plumber. You know, so he's going to be doing some things there and working out here in Missouri. So, you know, a big change in, in a lifestyle for a young man who's now like you know he's a 24 year old sophomore, and oh, okay. uh, with the with the NCAA rulings now he can he's got three more years left and. You know, he's on board to wrestle three more until he's 27. I'm like, you know, more power to you, geez. So, uh, so Ronnie like, could be Chris Winkie. He could be Bra Brandon Whedon. He, he, he was the same thing. Yeah. Brandon Whedon, yeah. that was like 27 in college still. Yeah. 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 You know, so it, what I just tell to him that his body's well rested. What's so, the, uh, what's, does, does he have a girlfriend? 
Ronnie, out here, I don't believe he does right nope, now. Nope, and so that's more motivation right there. He fucking all them young girls, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't pay attention to the, the young kids' sex life. Listen, I'm telling you, he's knocking them down. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's become a he's become an avid reader. Actually, he, oh, uh, good he for reads him. about two hundred fifty pages a day. Damn, we got him started. I think going into uh, to uh, regionals, we we started talking to him about Harry Potter, and um, so we got him into the Harry Potter series. I think he's on like book four already. Um, and I remember him texting my assistant coach saying, "You know what." I think I'm probably more of a Slytherin guy, and I think he was halfway through the first book when he read, said that. So he's trying to relate um, to them, all them young bitches. I'm a Slytherin man. guy too. You know well, what I mean? Fucking <laughs> <like a> snake, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> like, hey, these young bitches like Harry Potter. Let yeah. me get, give me a couple of them books. <laughs> so basically, if Ronnie gets into fucking witchcraft, I'm blaming you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you can blame me. There's you know, fun. one of the lines that he likes to say, and I'm sure I'm going to botch this, but it's. It's something along of a, an idle mind is a weak mind in a way. Um, yeah. So what Devil's started work. to develop is, uh, you know, just just keeping his mind focused on the things that make him a better person, man. And I think that says a lot about, you know, the program we have here and the people around it that, you know, you know good people, uh, you know, kind of uh, wear off on you. Oh, you know, I, just... I know that happened Hell yeah. when I moved to Nebraska. And, uh, you know, when you're around good people and their tendencies, their traits, and you see the people that they are, and it's, you know, you want to be your own individual, but, um, you know, it starts to wear off on you understanding traits of good people that, uh, you enjoy and, uh, you're not going after an image. You're going about what you want to become. So it's fun to watch happen. Um, I wanted to shout out real quick, um, the real angry algorithms fan in your house, uh, not you. It's oh, D- yeah. it's Dina, Jimmy's wife. She's the re- yeah. She's the real one. Really, one pumping downloads and fucking shout and, out to Dina. The, shout out to Dina. Holding it down out there. I call, does a, I called <laughs> a lot more downloads than me. Yeah, <laughs> I called. I called earlier, and uh, he's like, "Oh, sorry, honey." She's like, "Nah, I know it's Billy. I can hear him. She can hear me through the fucking foot." You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Shout out Dina. Oh, let me get your uh, let me get your thoughts on this. This one popped up the other day, and then fourteen people fucking sent it to me because they were like, "Oh, dude, did you see this? I know this is kind of stuff that you talk about on the show." Cubs prospect arrest, arrested after police found twenty one pounds of meth in his equipment bag. Mm. An awful story wow. out of Colorado where Cubs pitching prospect Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, come up, uh, yeah, something Spanish last name, uh, whatever. Uh, has been arrested on drug-related charges. He was found with 21 pounds of methamphetamine and 1.2 pounds of oxy... Oh, I didn't read that part. Of oxycodone. In his, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You have all that meth. You do need some oxycodone to come down. In his equipment bag. Um, he was a free agent signing out of Mexico back in 2014. Last pitched in the high A um, 2019. He would have been due to participate in the minor league spring training. Apparently, uh, he was driving in Colorado in advance of spring training, uh, training and unclear for unclear reasons, he was pulled over after two passengers, with two passengers after speeding and drifting into other lanes. Well, how the fuck are you drifting? You got all that meth. It's fucked up. Yeah, I don't know what opinion you want me to give on this. Um, <laughs> you just, that was, that was it. <laughs> what, dude? Like, fucking young buck, you just threw your whole life away for what? Like done, done. I think it sounds like he was trying to start a business, Billy. Um, I guess the wrong, know, the fucking the wrong one. Cubs have yeah. issued a statement. Uh, we we are aware of the rest of one of our minor league players. We are investigating this matter, and we cannot provide additional comments until we have further details. I mean, yeah, the, I mean the, uh, he's a he's a prospect. That man shouldn't be able to play sports. He's a prospect, man. They they not paying him no money, so no. he needed another source of income. Sure. Hey man. Yeah, hey, and his cousin you know Pedro and his his cousin Pedro had one for him. He said, Hey buddy. Free, free Jesus, man. <laughs> free Jesus, man. He was trying to, you know what I, I mean? I, I'll tell you what, I, I couldn't disagree more. 
Free and, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> they're, not, they're not paying that man. Yeah, they're not paying him. He out there playing baseball. He probably from where he from? Dominican Republic. He out here fucked up, man. He trying to find a way. Mexico. 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 Yeah. He trying to find a way, man, to feed his family. That ain't it. And provide the community with some I, some of that I good Walter White. He gave. I understand. <laughs> he gave pre and he gave permission to search the vehicle, and they determined. So but it, put it this way: to be a professional athlete, to be able to stand in front of many, to talk about being a, a, a person of interest, you know, to be a role model and things like that, it can't just be the old Charles Barkley line of "I don't want to be, be a role model." Yeah, you're in a role model. You're in a position to to influence many. And who the hell knows if he's a prospect that was that good. I mean, he could have been called up this year, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think when you, when you want to be a professional, you need to try to live your life as a professional. That's not to say people don't make mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but 21 pounds of meth and how much oxycodone. I mean, that ain't a mistake. That, 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 oh, he was getting it. Oh, yeah, he's getting it. He's getting a yeah, couple. He's getting, he's getting a clip, too. He's getting a fucking clip. Yeah, if yeah, keeps... that, ain't, that ain't no eastbound and down Kenny Power style. That's, that's hey, man, all that, different. That was, more, that was more to them checks that he was getting, Jimmy, man. you ever read at a Texas Roadhouse? <laughs> yeah, you... man, I live in the Midwest. We got a Texas Roadhouse out here. Well, did you know? We got one, uh, we got one about a half a mile from campus. We're not really big fans on the show here, but um, <laughs> we've we may have we may have gone um, because so the reason I bring it up is because we've we've talked about him several times on a couple more than a couple times on the show, and then I'm at the house the other day. Marcy goes, "Oh my god!" And then this is what she said: "The Texas Roadhouse founder killed himself." <laughs> and I said, "What? You're serious?" Really? Yeah. And then I didn't know. Like, cause sometimes I'll just pull these headlines and I don't tell Justin just to get his natural reaction. And then I fucking had a, a, a like almost slight panic attack yesterday. Cause I'm like, do I call him? Mm -hmm. Should I call him and tell him? <laughs> yeah. Apparently the guy had COVID, uh, and after like post COVID, like he had, uh, what the fuck is it called? Where you get the tinnitus, where you get the ringing in your ears. So basically he started losing his hearing and then had the tinnitus in his ears and it was ringing, ringing, ringing. And he tapped the fuck out. He shot himself. That's him. Really? Damn. He looked like a cowboy, right? Damn, man. R.I.P. The owner. Tonight is typically described I, as a ringing in the ear. To, uh, Go ahead. I, I'm happy that I subscribed to angry algorithms to get all my news. So you're uh, not. Well, uh, you know what? Several people also say that. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> like, I had no idea, man. Yeah, so the man. guy that created Texas Roadhouse killed himself. I thought he, I thought he killed himself because all them fucking bad reviews that he'd be getting on them weak ass oh, on steaks. the steaks, fucking the steaks, some fucking two star steaks, man. That shit, that place be packed for every fucking weekend. Hey, now. Yeah, not everybody's got the pub around them to go get a quality steak there in uh, Southern New Jersey. You know, I, I know, I know, and I understand. Is that I understand. Not man. everybody's got one of them. So it's, it's now, just, when I lived in Nebraska, you just walked across the street and they were chopping up a cow, pretty much, and you could just pick what you wanted. Yeah. But uh, do they like yeah, you? Do I they do like you like scratch and sniff? Crafted. Like you can lick the cow before? Be like, mm, mm, nope, mm. no, too much. Okay. I never saw the uh, the taste testing there, but we did do some uh, fundraisers where we did some uh, cow branding as fundraisers when I was out uh, in Nebraska coaching on, on people. Y'all was branded people? No, 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 no. We would, uh, you'd pretty much have to tackle calves and, and brand them, uh, on these, these, uh, these cow farms really. So, uh, we'd bring out the whole team and, you know, you camp out for a day and you'd have guys like literally tacking, tackling calves and, you know, then somebody holding them down and branding them for, uh, you know, so they could mark everything and keep track of everything. But, um, Listen, yeah, I'm different gonna, bringing out the Jersey kids to do that. For sure. And that's where I'm going to jump in and say our show has taken a lot of weird turns over the past 62 episodes, but that might have been the weirdest. You just said, I tackled a calf, held it down, and then a 
Another guy came over with a hot soldering iron and fucking branded him. <laughs> it was whatever. It wasn't a soldering iron. No, my the... ne- so my follow-up question is, can you do, do the cows make funny noises? And can you imitate one now, please? Agony. Eh. agony. <laughs> Straight agony as you, you holding one. the damn cow down. Oh, yeah, Peter's man, coming for still, us. If the, <laughs> yeah. if the animals could speak English, would you still tackle the animal like that? Like, chill, chill. <laughs> chill, 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 stop, stop. Ah. <laughs> I'm not even playing. Was, I don't uh, even play with you, dumb man. <laughs> it was a very unique experience, is the best way to put it. <laughs> would you not? Would you still do it if they if they spoke English? If you're talking to me, no, I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of it. To be You're like, wow, no, on that talk. It's like, nah, bro, this is where I draw the line. So you felt, so you felt weird after that. Like, damn, that was kind of fucked up. What I, I did. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I felt weird going. Like that did was. Uh, you, did I you, had enough trouble with smells. It was tough enough for me to sit near all the cows. But uh, so I was coaching at the time when we first started doing that. We had a lot of kids that were from farming communities and stuff. So we had that opportunity, but. You know, it was it was good money to raise and a need for somebody and a good team bonding atmosphere. But you know, when you got kids from Jersey and stuff that are sitting out there, like Coach, I I ain't tackling no calf. You know, they're just straight up like, I don't know what to do, and we're like trying to talk. Like, listen, it's an ankle pick. You know, bring them down, and then you know we do it. It was. It was fun to watch the kids fall on a bunch of crap and come up smelling like. Talking about coach, I'm gonna be honest. I am I am totally out of my fucking element right now. So you double leg them and you full Nelson. Yeah, and you squeeze. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Pretty much, there was there was some obscure ways to do it, Um, but you know you got you know five or six ranchers sitting there, and uh, and we I think we brought 45 guys to go do that stuff. You know, so it's different, man. It's it's very unique to say the least. So yeah, I would just I would describe it as cult, getting experiencing some culture, or getting them getting them kids some culture. Did you eat solid you after know, that? To be honest, it's, yeah, it's a very good team bonding atmosphere. Sure, you know we we've done some different things while I've been coaching in the Midwest. You know, orienteering activities on farms and stuff like that, and you know, growing up in Jersey, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what orienteering what, you know. But um, lots of that stuff. But, I'll be know, honest. I, sport, I, I thought you just said orientation <laughs> wrong. I was like, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was yeah, in I was so, in Nebraska uh, once, trucking. Oh, I, really? Where at? I don't fucking know, man. Oh, I, I was in I the was, middle, right yeah. throughout the middle, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember. I just remember stopping there for gas. And and yo, the diesel was the cheapest fucking diesel ever. Like that shit was so cheap. Yeah, the gas super, so super cheap out weird there. Thing in the, super weird thing in the Midwest, you know. Um, like you're literally paying cheaper prices for certain portions of the gas. You know, yeah. like Nebraska, like you're going to get supers cheaper than regular. You know, it's yeah, that it shit was weird. Me. It was. It, I think the diesel, yeah. the diesel price out there was like. Like a dollar something or two dollars, like something crazy. Yeah. You want to know the craziest thing I thought about the Midwest when I went out a couple years ago? When I went to Jimmy's house, they had Bush Light in a bottle, beer, Bush, <laughs> but Bush Light. Yeah. I didn't even know they had a Bush Light. Yeah. Furthermore, I didn't even know they had it in a bottle. You're but, in Bush Country, but Bush Light is the official beer of the state of Iowa. Fuck my whole shit. No, up. I'm not. Doing- <laughs> Besides Dan Gable beer, it's Bush Light in Iowa. I had a That's good time. I had a good time out there though when we went out to, when I went to Jimmy's. It was fun. Where we in Nebraska? St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. We did the arch. He said, I never I've been here for five years. I never went up in the arch yet. So why the fuck not? He said, Nobody wants to go with me. <laughs> said, Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go, dude. Yeah. That had fun. Yo, that one fucking place where yeah. I'll have to. I think I still have pictures, but so we're driving around. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take you to this that one." The, what was the neighborhood that looks like the Stepford Wise movie? Do you remember? Newtown. Yeah, where? Yeah, Newtown. It's Newtown. a little bit. I mean, it's really, really nice, but it's kind of creepy. 
St. Louis, St. Louis super segregated, right? Is St. Louis super? Uh, you know, the city. I I couldn't tell you a whole lot about city makeup. So I'm about 22 miles from the arch, Justin. So okay. I'm a little outside of a lot of that. And to be honest with you, I'm not down in the city a whole heck of a lot. Um, so I couldn't attest to how that that breaks out. You know, um, in St. Louis. County is pretty big. You know, it's a lot of people when they talk St. Louis, it's hey, I live in St. Louis, but you know, Ferguson, everything, you know, there's there's a lot of different parts of St. Louis as well. So it's a pretty big area. Once you just get over obviously the Mississippi River's bordering St. Louis, Missouri River borders St. Charles. So once you pass Missouri River, you're in St. Charles here. Okay. So we're kind of a I would say a little bit more of like a big small town just outside of St. Louis. Yeah, what's the name? Uh, Nelly had his house up for sale, man. His mansion out there for like six hundred thousand. I don't yeah, know. So I don't know how much you make, man. I but called, shit, get on that. I ain't gonna lie to you, Justin. I called my our booster and who owns a construction and everything else company, and I was messing with him about it. I was like, hey, saw Nelly's house is for sale. He goes, you son of a bitch. I'm on my way there now. <laughs> so he was actually going to bid on it and everything yeah. else, and his exact words were. He texted me while he was there. He goes, this place means a lot of work. Yeah. yeah so it was, it I don't was... know if it was Nelly unfinished or he just ripped all the flooring out of half the damn house. But, yeah, uh, I've seen pictures. It looked like it was gutted. It was probably when he tore yeah, the band-aid off. it a lot of work. It was gutted. It was... I think... Yeah, it was yeah. fucked up. It was... I think he ended up buying it, though, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a steal, so, man. I... What was it? Yeah. Six, what was it? Yeah. Six hundred thousand or three hundred thousand? I think it was five. Actually, five? Okay. I think it was five hundred. Um, and it's like built on a hill, but like the pool was needed to be fully redone. Like the whole house needed something in every single room. Yeah. So I, he thought it was a little overpriced, to be honest with you, for five hundred. <laughs> so I know I know he was going after it. I don't. I haven't figured out if he bought it or not yet. I'll have to check in with him on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nelly. Yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of cool out here. You know, Nelly used to come to campus every year, show up with like three Escalades of people, pull up to the president's house. I don't believe uh, that at all. No, I'm just kidding. The, the three, <laughs> the three carloads of people part. Uh, <laughs> he gave out like uh, a male and female uh, music scholarship each year here and stuff like that. And, you know, we had Lou Brock, a longtime great for the Cardinals, all of famer who passed away recently. Uh, He's been on the board at Lindenwood for a long time. Ozzy Smith doesn't live far away. You know, it's it's kind of a really cool community for for a lot of those uh, you know big name superstars. You know, we got you know a lot of people around our program like that. It's pretty awesome. What what um, division are y'all in sports? B2. We're NCAA Division Two. B two wrestling. wrestling. We do have, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we do have a couple of Division One sports. We're we're Division One in. Um, uh, men's volleyball, they only have one division. Women's ice hockey uh, also has one division. So we're division one in that. We're division one in gymnastics uh, for women as well, which only has one division. It looks like, yeah, to my understanding, I believe we're going division one in men's ice hockey as well. Um, some other things we just named uh, women's wrestling um, and NCA sport at Lindenwood as well. You know, women's wrestling across the countries actually the fastest growing sport in the United States. And I believe it's six or seven years in a row. So I didn't know they had uh, women's wrestling. Yeah, man, it's still, it's still growing. Uh, Midwest, uh, Texas, Hawaii, Washington, uh, really where it's jumped off. New Jersey's actually growing. Oh, matter of fact, yes, I do. Right now in the past year. I seen a story mm -hmm. where they had, uh, this little trans kid, uh, Texas doing fucking wrestling and, and fucking all the girls up. I was like, damn. Yeah. And he wanted to, uh, he actually wanted to compete against the guys. Um, and Texas wouldn't let him. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's some, uh, you know, that, some that crazy kid was ass shit. His to do that. Yeah. I believe he was competing at Life University in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if he's still there, but I believe that's where he signed. Coming no, out I, know a, I know a couple people that's at Life, Life University. University. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Never coming home. <laughs> I got, yeah. That's true. Uh, Free to guys. Shit. Free to guys. Um, 
Yeah, no, that I remember that one. That was from the Texas kid. Yeah, you're right, Jimbo. He did want to compete against the guy, but Texas, the Texas uh, Athletic Commission or whatever the fuck it is, wouldn't let him. Yeah, I'm gonna be mad as shit if, if I if a uh, they they going they going get me out of here. They going to call me transphobic and all that shit if I see a a trans kid kicking my daughter's ass in track. I would be out there booing, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> You're fucking dumb. You're not gonna get Jimmy on a hot take right now. You're not gonna get that guy. Now I know, I know, I know. I know. You're, I know. You're giving your. You're just giving your fucking opinion. I get I didn't, it. I didn't ask for his opinion. Yeah. Just stating facts out here. I just wanted him to laugh. <laughs> oh fuck. But yeah, you can't. You can't talk about that, Jimmy. Man, it's it's a sensitive topic, man. It's nasty out here. You know, everybody's got their their opinions about things and, um, you know, the directions that things are going are just, um, you know, each their own right now. I don't. I don't understand anything you, anymore, so I just sit back and wait. You just wait uh, for the you just wait you just wait for the NCAA to give you the rules and then say, "What the fuck? You, you yeah. jerk me off again!" Yeah, man. See, see, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> see, Jimmy. You you in a it's, position uh, where you could get canceled, man. Right. Not me. Yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> want that to happen, Jim. If they cancel you, you can come here, dude. You can sit right next to me. You ain't getting canceled on this show, bro. God, yeah, we, dog. We are we are uncancelable, man. Fuck that. Look at our fucking logo. It's a goddamn angry face. Can't cancel me. Independent. I know. I got the t-shirt. I got the t-shirt. That's true. Dina got one too. Dina definitely. She does. She loves her t-shirt. Definitely got one. Hey. My uncle said That's he sleeps. Right. My you uncle said it. my uncle said he sleeps in his. That way, if he dies in his sleep, he said I got the fucking shirt on when I get to the gates. I can greet him with this fucking mean mug. <laughs> Big facts. Right, you gotta you gotta get some smaller versions so the kids and the new baby can have one. I believe we are launching a merch store. The onesie online oh, online go. merch store. I'm hinting at that early. I, just, I got an email the other day. I think we got to set that up. Angry algorithms onesie. They have, I believe that, that I believe that might have been in the thing. <laughs> uh, I'll get a, I'll, I'll get the list together. I got some other IT stuff. I'm gonna have everybody be on Linktree, and then everything will be all on the fucking. I'm slowly putting it all together. So it'll all be accessible, to, and then you go to the website and this and that and everything else. Um, we are almost out of time, Jim, but I wanted to thank you, and I also wanted to play a surprise. I bet you thought that you were going to get Bon Jovi as the outro, but you're not. I am going to play another one for you. Thanks for coming on again. Uh, episode 62. Uh, it's a fucking wrap. All right, Jim, the champ. The champ. Thanks for having me, guys. Good talking to you, Justin. Thanks, Good buddy. Bro.